Right, well, good morning. It's good to see you all today. As we were singing today and we were talking, we were saying, worthy is the lamb. Um, you know, the scriptures do talk about how this says, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive all glory and honor and power and riches. And, and I was reading this book recently, and it's about Samuel's Waymer. And he went to the, um, to the Muslim people when there weren't many missionaries at all. And in fact, they often referred to it as the missionary graveyard because sometimes people would even bring um, their own coffin because they knew that they may not survive. Um, and so that was how much the Lord had impressed upon them the need to go and to love those around them. And so Samuel and his wife um, lost their two daughters um, when they were over there. Their two, they were like elementary age girls, and they got sick over there and they died. And on their tombstone, they put, worthy is a lamb to receive riches. That's all they put. Worthy is the lamb to receive riches. And he's still worthy today of what we can offer to him. In the same way that Samuel Zwaymer was able to say, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to serve you, to love you, I am willing to say yes, because it was worth it. And, you know, I think of him today and his family in heaven, and I bet, you know what I bet he's saying? It was worth it. It was so worth it. And all of the people that are there because he chose to say yes to God. And so what a beautiful story. And so today I want to talk a little bit about about resurrection community. You know, we are resurrection people, right? We are resurrection people. We walk in supernatural authority and in power. So we, as we gather here together, we are part of a resurrection community. Is that awesome? You guys, we don't walk in just the the frailness of our, our physical being, but instead we have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ that lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so everywhere we go, we get to be these resurrection people. And so I was thinking as we as we sit here today, I want you to think about the people around you, and they are full of the resurrection of Jesus too. And so all around the world, we are part of this larger community that, that encompasses not even just the people that are living on the earth today, but that great cloud of witnesses, right? Those who have gone before us, like the Samuels Waymers, who are celebrating Jesus, and we are part of that. And so we are part of Jesus's resurrection community, which I just, I love that. This morning, I'm going to share with you a little bit about my cancer journey. And I realized that my cancer journey is, is was it definitely a trial in my life. But as I stand before you, I know that many of you have even bigger trials than what I went through. So my hope is simply that maybe my story would encourage you in some way, might give you some hope, and so that is why I would choose to share it with you. Um, I talked to Jeff at some point like that I was willing to share the story, and he said, so I talked to him this week, and he goes, hey, um, how, how about you share, this was Monday, how about you sharing this week on in, in, in church? I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, I'll pray about it. Well, and knowing in my heart, I'm thinking, no way. I am not doing that. I'm not doing that. And my family, wherever you are, where's my family? Okay, they know that mom doesn't do anything without preparing a lot, okay? So if anything, I way over-prepare. So like if I do a presentation, what you don't know is that there are so, there's like I have just copious notes and research that I've done. I've read all these books, and then I end up using like maybe a tenth of what I prepare, right? So like I'm always delete, 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 you know, when I finally do it, and then I, you know, I'm like, and I'm worrying about it, and I, and part of it is that I, I'm so, I have a, such a sense of like, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. I don't want to say anything that's not of you. I want to be careful what I present because I want to handle his word accurately, and um, so there's part of me that there's just a 
of a sense of like, oh, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to bless you. So help me to be careful what I say. And so that's part of my what I do and why I prepare. But in so doing, um, I have really gotten to where I, I over-prepare and I strive, right? And so it was interesting because as I um, thought about what, you know, Jeff had said, you want to share, and I was like, no way. Um, but then as I started praying about it, I thought, oh, I have to do this because what a great step of faith for me. What a great step of faith for me because I won't be able to prepare. I mean, like, I mean, I can still prepare, but I can't do it like I typically do it. Like, I'm telling you, you guys have no idea. You can see my computer with all the, the different rough drafts that I can just to get to the one when I do present. So I was like, so here I am, Lord. I'm taking a huge step of faith for me by not having that extra time to prepare. So I am excited about that because. Um, one of my favorite life verses is one that you're very familiar with, I'm sure, and it's where Paul, you know, pleads with the Lord about this. Um, we don't really know for sure if it was a weakness or a disability. He referred to it as his thorn in the flesh, and, and the scriptures say that he pleaded with the Lord three times, Lord, please remove this from me, and Jesus is like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. Instead, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul says, well, well, therefore, I'm going to boast in my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So I'm going to boast before you today. Because I am boasting because this is a weakness of mine of striving sometimes and over-preparing. And so I'm like, hallelujah, here I am. Okay? The other thing that was interesting is as I was reflecting on my cancer journey, I was thinking, how am I different that happened in October, and how am I different today? And what's interesting is I feel like one of the gifts of my journey is that God has broken off of me the spirit of striving. Like, so instead of me being like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do, God, God, do a good job. I just feel like, the, it's like even if I wanted to, I didn't feel like I had the ability to anymore, almost. So I'm just so, I feel like that is one of the, I always say the surprising gifts of grace in our journey, or God's unfolding grace is another way I've heard it ter- said. And so I just, I just want to testify before you all that one of the gifts of God, of God in my life is that he has broken off of me that spirit of striving, and I am so thankful. Um, so, you know, one of the scriptures, you know, that, you know, the scripture says, um, cease striving and know that I'm God. And I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. And so the reason why we can rest why we can be still, is simply because of the glory of God is going to be coming down, you guys, no matter what we do, right? So we may as well rest in him and delight in him because he will be exalted in the heavens. He will be exalted in the earth no matter what we do because that is who he is. So the reality is, is we all have unexpected journeys, right? You're probably in the middle of one right now. Anybody in the middle of an unexpected journey, something you didn't anticipate? Well, um, one of the things that I realized is when we have these unexpected journeys, like my cancer experience, um, that God prepares us and he provides for us in the midst of that. And so it's interesting to me as I look back and I can see how God prepared me for what I was going to be going through. And so one of the scriptures that he impressed upon me in January of 2020 was this verse, trust in the Lord, one I'm sure you've heard, but let's, let's think about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, as I, as I reflect on that, and we hit COVID, right? All of us are immersed in this COVID, like, whoa, like, what in the world are we dealing with here? 
I thought, oh, that's what it meant, right? Oh, I see why God impressed that upon me. He just wants me to trust him because it's, you know, times are uncertain, all those times. Well, absolutely, that was true. But he had more in store for me in that. So in 2020, as COVID hit, I made it, did a presentation. I, I work at Lucas Christian Academy next door. And so I did a presentation for our students in April because what we discovered is that especially our upper level students, our juniors and seniors, were really going through a time of grieving because here they are not in school. So they, after, before spring break, they leave and then they never see each other. That was really hard, you guys. That was really sad. So I did a presentation over Zoom, our, our, our favorite, right, um, about the stages of grieving and of loss and how to deal with that, having no idea what I would be going through, okay? So I, I do this presentation. So as it's true to me, I said I, I did a lot of research, right? I did a lot of preparation. I immersed myself in the topic. And so one of the things that I shared with them is that, you know, there's not a quick fix, with grieving, you can't just like, it's done, it's over. Anybody, you all know that, right? Anyone who's been through a really difficult time of grieving, it doesn't just happen like that. Even when we walk with the Lord, he doesn't promise that it's going to be over like that, right? In fact, that process is part of our healing that is necessary oftentimes. And so acknowledging that there's not a quick quick fix. I think the other thing that is important to realize is that that Jesus warns us, right? He warns us about the difficulties in life. And so I try to encourage our students because, you know, he it says, these things I've said to you, well, what he was sharing with them, how he was going to suffer and the different, really difficult things he was going to experience. And they're like, no, 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 Jesus, we don't want to. He goes, no, I share these things so that in me you will have peace. These things are going to happen. You're going to, in life, there is difficulty, right? So, um, so in this world, you will have tribulation. You have, will di- have difficulties, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so really, our hope is not in our own abilities, but our hope is simply in that he is with us, right? He is with us in the midst of the trials and difficulties. And, and I can say with complete, I mean, this is, if I were to say the one thing that I got out of my cancer journey... Probably the biggest gift was simply that intimacy of his presence. Every step of the way, every, every different thing that I went through, that intimacy of his simply being there with me. And so it is true that we can have peace because of that. So the reality, I love this image um, because it's like you're climbing a mountain, there's fog, and you just can't see ahead, right? That's how life often feels for us a lot of the time, doesn't it? You're like, God, I have no idea what's ahead, and it's really scary. And the reality is we don't know what the future holds, and no one does. Um, The truth is we never really did, um, even though sometimes we think we do. And facing that is hard, um, but it's true and it's healthy. So learning to live with uncertainty and realizing that we are not in control is actually a gift we are given in seasons of grieving. And so we are learning to put our trust in the Lord and not our circumstances. So whatever you might be facing right now, um, whether it's a time of loss or a time of difficulty, there is actually a gift in unfolding grace that can happen in the midst of that because you can then discern that God is actually with you in a very powerful way. So here's the scripture I mentioned earlier. Um, so here's the stages of grief that I shared with them. I love this image. Okay, so these are the different stages of grieving. So if you've been through this, you, you, you understand this. So here, see if you recognize some of the, these things. If Maybe just raise your hand. If you have, okay, um, if you've been through a time of grieving or loss, um, shock, numbness, denial, emotional outbursts, never. 
Um, anger, fear, searchings, disorganization. Well, that's me all the time, so I don't Anyway, uh, panic, loneliness, depression, etc. So as you go down, these are the kind of more difficult emotions, right, on the graph. And then you start coming up, you start having the more positive things. So you have new relationships, new strengths, new patterns, hope, and then eventually getting to where you can help others. But what's interesting is we tend to think, oh, well, in the grieving, you're going to go through this just linear process of going to be able to go like this. Has anyone been through it like that? I certainly have not. Um, so, for, so again, this is all sharing before I went through the cancer. Okay? So I'm sharing with them. You may be feeling um, like really shocked. Like I can't believe that my senior, for with, these, with these students, I can't believe my senior year, I'm sitting here, I'm in, in my bedroom listening to a Zoom conversation, I'm not even with my friends. I'm not going to have a graduation, all these different things. So they go from that to like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. But anyway, back and forth in these different stages of grieving. So as Christians, and this is something, I don't know about you, but sometimes when difficulties hit, there's this part of me that's like, it's like unexpected, like, like, well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have to go through these trials. I don't know why I think that, but does anybody else deal with that? Like, I can't believe I'm dealing with this. Like, well, did you somehow think that as a Christian, you're immune? Or, but, but I mean, is, am I, I don't know, but I have felt that way sometimes. Like, it's like shock. Like, how shocking that I would have trials and difficulties in life. But anyway, so as Christians, we are not exempt or immune from suffering, from trouble, from pain or disappointments, struggles, sin, or brokenness. And God doesn't want us to pretend or ignore our emotions, but to express them in healthy and appropriate ways. It's healthy and important to name our emotions, even the painful, difficult ones. So this was actually very helpful for me as I was going through cancer, because I was able to acknowledge some of the difficult things I'd been through. And interestingly, I feel like God gave me kind of a new platform, so to speak, in my faith, because I hear I was a part of this new community of people who have gone through cancer. And so I have this whole huge group of people now that I have a relationship with that I'd never had it before. So the Lord opened up this opportunity for me to have those connections. And so But the reality is, I think part of the reason I could connect with them is I wasn't trying to deny the pain of it. I had a lot of people tell me, thank you so much for being honest about what you're going through, because there were times where I felt really discouraged, but I'll share more about that in a minute. So again, this is, I was, I'm telling you this because this is all background before I even got the cancer diagnosis. So this is the same year. So this is um, a picture of someone remodeling a house because in the midst of this, in March, we have been in our house for 20 years and my husband and I decided, let's remodel our house. Literally right, like at the same time, it's like COVID shut down, okay? And then our daughter moves in with us, which was actually a blessing. That was actually a good part. But anyway, so in the middle of all of these, you know, COVID and everything else, we have this remodeling project. So we move out of our house for three weeks and it's just like really stressful. Anybody else? Like, because we redid almost every floor in our entire house, which meant we had to clean out every closet, every room. There was nothing able to be stored on the floors. So it, let's just say it was a lot of work. Okay, so moving on. So I share at Resonate here um, in July of 2020. And the main scripture that I really focused on um, when I shared with you all, it was um, from Matthew 11:28, And this is the message translation, which I really love. Um, it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And what I didn't know is that here I am speaking on this, and obviously I had a certain amount of understanding about this going into that, 
But the Lord began to continue to reveal to me what that meant. And so as I stand before you here today, I'm a different person after I've been through this cancer journey. And I feel like what the Lord has done has taught me. Sorry, my computer is doing something. Um, The Lord has taught me how to more fully walk in those rhythms of grace, those unforced rhythms of grace without the striving. And I've learned to simply rest in him and delight in him and enjoy him. Okay, so then, so that was July. So this is a picture of, oh, well, the next picture, the one of the um, buckling water damaged hardwood floor. So we had done in our house, okay, so my husband and I had put in hardwood floors in our house, the kind that you, you know, like they sand them in your house. It's a huge ordeal, pretty much in the entire house. Well, so I go to get something out from underneath our sink in August, and it is just like, it is, the shelf on there is just like buckled down like that, and there's just water everywhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, what we hadn't realized is that our floor had been cupping a little bit, but it was real subtle. So we didn't really think that much about it. But then what we realized is there was a water leak that had been very slowly just leaking underneath the sink with our filtration system. And so as a result of that, we got to redo the hardwood floors. So we were so excited. So it actually was the third time that we had packed up because this the Long story, but anyway, it's actually the third time that we had to redo the floors. So we were like, so when I, I was like literally like so discouraged because I was like, no, like not the, like the third time. And so I, like the insurance adjuster came to goes, I'm going to be honest with you guys, this is bad. <laughs> I'm like, and he goes, this is really bad. And um, it's going to be pretty much like moving. It's, it's just think of yourself as you're moving. And I'm like, oh my God. So I was like, okay, so we plan to redo the floors in October. Okay, let's keep going. October 1st, I have cancer. I just found out I had a mammogram, and they said, October 1st, I get a call. I'm sorry to tell you, um, but it looks like that you do have breast cancer. And so in the middle of all of the water leak floor, all COVID, all the different challenges going on, you got cancer, which shock, like I had no, like I never even, I don't know why, but it never even occurred to me that I'd get cancer. And is anything else like that? Like, I just don't really worry about things like that. And so I was like, huh? Like, no. And it was just like, I just, it's like I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And so um, I began to talk to people I needed to talk to. I met with a surgeon and she, the surgeon said, well, you know, I'm really hopeful that we caught this early. So I think that what we're going to be able to do is just do like a lumpectomy and then do radiation probably. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's, I think it's going to be really relatively simple, but we're going to go ahead and do genetic tests just to make sure that there's nothing else going on. But you know, you've told me your history. I don't think that's going to be an issue. So I'm like, okay, good. Okay. I can handle that. So I start kind of Okay, okay, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. It isn't that big a deal. We'll be good. So then um, I get a call from her. Well, we got the genetic testing back, and it looks like you are at risk um, for, um, you have this genetic mutation, which means that you're at high risk um, for recurrence of breast cancer. And I'm like, and she goes, so I can no longer recommend the lumpectomy, but now we're recommending a double mastectomy or bilateral mastectomy, which is a very, very big procedure. And I was just like, oh, yikes, like, it was like, oh my gosh, like, again, I didn't even think, I didn't think what happened, again, I was like in shock, I was like, what, no, and so, anyway, I I began to do research, and all those kinds of things, and I really felt like 
the right thing to do after looking, talking to various people was to simply go ahead and with the double mastectomy, even though everything in me just was shouting like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And so, um, but I just felt like the Lord reminded me of that scripture. Trust me. Trust me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding because it's confusing. If you've ever gone through cancer or a difficult um, health issue, how many of y'all know you get a lot of different information, right, coming in? And so even though I could have done something different, I really felt like the Lord had given me peace to go ahead and do the more radical procedure. And so I go into it. Um, So we move out of our house October 15th, and we are out of our house for three weeks, and we move back in on a Saturday, and then I have surgery on Tuesday. (laughs) So we have, you know, do all the moving, all that kind of thing. So I go to um, have the surgery, and then I go for my follow-up appointment, and she goes, and I could tell by when she came in, like her expression looked different, and she said, well, I'm sorry to tell you that the pathology was not good, Um, and so it looks like we're going to have to do another procedure. And I'm like, another surgery? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what? Like, she never even told me that was a possibility, like, in the beginning. So I was just like, no. Like, so this was like a week later, I was going to be going in for another surgery after I just had major surgery, okay? And so I was just like, oh, God, give me grace, because I was so discouraged. And um, so anyway, but what was interesting about my conversation with her that day is she, and I, cause I actually listened, we tape recorded and I listened to it later. She said at least five times, she said, I just can't tell you how happy I am that you did this bilateral mastectomy. Cause I didn't have to do that because she said, because of these different pathology things that we got, you, this may have saved your life. She said, I don't know if you believe in God or anything, but like, like I really feel like someone was watching out for you. I mean, she literally said that. And so I'm like, so again, the Lord gives us peace, right? Like even though it was, a, it was kind of a difficult choice to make, he gave me the peace to trust him to do that procedure. And then little did I know how important it would be. So I have the second surgery and thankfully start to move on from there. So here's a quote. What if surrender is actually an embrace? So when we go through difficult times, um, and I, all of you, I'm sure, and maybe some of you in the room are going through a really difficult time, um, but what if surrender... Simply surrendering these difficulties or trials um, to the Lord is actually embracing what he might have for us in that. Um, one of the things that the scriptures that I love, and every time that I've had to step out to do something um, difficult, I feel like there's a scripture that the Lord reminds me of, and it's where Moses is having that conversation with God, and God's wanting him to go to save the, the, the Israelite people. And so then, um, and Moses keeps arguing him with him, right? He's like, no, 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 I can't, no, I can't do that. And God finally says, okay, I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest, and everything will be fine for you. And so I just feel like the Lord has given me that sense of like, when I have that, that really difficult thing he's called me to do, I will per- and he reminded me that even today, like when I was going, going to be doing this presentation, that he's like, hey, I'm going to be with you. It's going to be fine. Okay, I'm going to go with you. So that is our hope, you all, is that God is with us wherever he asks us to go. So here is a, a prayer of Jesus where we really hear where he lived a life of surrender, really, right? Um, and so I just love, um, this is, I believe, the message. And he says, it says, Jesus pulled away from them. This is when they went to go to pray at the prayer of Gethsemane. He pulled away from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and he prayed, Father, Father, remove this cup from me, but please, not what I want. What do you want? Please, not what I want, but what do you want? 
And so I just want to encourage us as we think about whatever God is, whatever we, wherever we are, um, whatever you might be dealing with, to be able to simply follow the, the Jesus example and say what he said was, Lord, please, not what I want, not what I want, Lord, but what do you want in this situation? And at once, an angel from heaven was at his side, strengthening him. And that's the beauty of it all, you all, when, is that when we do surrender to him and we say, yes, Lord, whatever it is you want, that the Lord strengthens us. That's, you know, when Paul was talking about his difficulties, and then that's where he said, I can do all things, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's our hope, you all. Not that we somehow in and of ourselves are going to be able to rise above, but simply the Lord gives us the strength we need. And he goes on to say, he prayed on all the, he prayed on all the harder. Sweat wrung from him like drops of blood pouring off his face. And so the reality is, you all, this journey that we're on it's not an easy one. I mean, there's a lot of difficulty. And there will be times where we may not sweat drops of blood, but we'll be in anguish. And life is really painful. And so by fully surrendering to the Lord, that's when he opens up to us the strength and the grace we need. So this is a scripture um, that Jesus said, and he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Amen. And I've heard people ask, well, what does it mean to take up your cross daily? And I heard it described that what, it, what does it cost you to follow Jesus? What does it cost you to follow Jesus? That's what the cross maybe means for us, is what does it cost us to follow Christ? And so Jesus is saying, if you want to follow after me, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and then you'll find the life you're looking for, but not the other way around.